Well, today we jump into verse 7 that says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Man, I want to give you the big idea right up front. Mercy searches the heart. Mercy searches your heart. Uh, the Christian faith is not something that happens on the surface. It's not supposed to be, right? It's not an outfit we put on or a, a badge or a uniform. It's something that searches beneath in our spirit, in our heart, in our core, and it becomes something of a new source or a restructured soul. That's why Jesus talks about being born again or receiving new birth when he's sharing with his disciples throughout the gospels. We are reborn within us, a new man. Right here at the beginning of Jesus' first teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, to those that were following him, he's there with a crowd sharing these teaching that are, teachings that are foundational. And they're focusing on what we should be versus what we need to do. He's going to start with the inner man, not the outward behavior. And it's a character development. And it's intrusive. It cuts at times. When we're developing character, it's convicting. And we can sometimes stop in our tracks and recognize our own failure. And then we have to determine, man, when my weakness rears its face, when it just shows up, am I going to go after it and defeat it? Or am I going to just set it aside and let it grow on its own until it shows its ugly face someday in the future? I'm praying today, as we look at this text, we allow God to do the work he needs to do deep inside of us so that we would be full of life that we're promised through a relationship with Jesus. Let's work on being merciful today. That's our goal. Mercy is the additional layer of all these initial instructions here in the Beatitudes. And it really, it's like you're building up one upon another and it'll reveal whether the others have been developed yet, right? Have you been so challenged to humble yourself and ask God to help you, uh, you know, help you grow your character? First layer, right? We need that. Have you dealt with the grief and loss in your life? so that you could just expose that. Blessed are those who mourn. Have you come to the point in your relationship with Jesus that you're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness? And is it increasing? And you'll know if not, because when you get here to mercy, to living mercifully, you'll quickly realize if these previous qualities of your character have been developed or have not. When you respond in moments, you'll see whether you're able to give mercy naturally or whether it's just toilsome work, right? I'm sure you can think of moments in your life where you could have been merciful, but you just blew it. <laughs> I can think of plenty. And for the sake of 
just all that is holy and healthy. I'm not going to share those right now. How about I share a win today? Uh, on the contrary, when you nail it, it's kind of a moment you can reflect on. And, and just recently, I was at a store um, and I my patience was tested as it often is at a store. I think stores and restaurants and, and places that you go can often test your patience, right? Well, an employee who was responsible for, for kind of overseeing where I was checking out uh, was in the process of, uh, I was in the process of self-checkout and they thought I should be doing it a different way. Uh, I came. I came with the instruction of a, a manager from the floor to buy what I was buying, and 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 so they. But they had a different idea, and they quickly rallied the support of other uh, checkout people, and they each had their own idea of what I should do to check out with this item, and it was so, so intriguing because. Uh, the manager even was kind of talking to them and it was just nobody agreed with what to do that should have taken 30 seconds and it took 10 to 15. And I was right initially in what ended up being the way we rang things up. But I just looked at that and I go, there was a season, uh, you know, I kind of just, uh, I, I would have not reacted well to that. But in this scenario, man, I was rally, I was just encouraging them and and watching them rally support for themselves. And I was chuckling with them and I actually was joking with them and just got involved through humor. And I kind of understood what was going on in the power play that existed. And, uh, but there was a time when I would have demanded my own way in that moment. In fact, I, I probably years ago would have shamed some of those people. And I would have just, I, I would have told them what I thought of their service right then to their face. And it would have been probably really hurtful. Um, there was a time where I would have grabbed my phone and even taken a picture and just said, look at how bad this is. There was a season where I would have picked up the phone and called the head manager, who's a friend of mine, and said, this employee, is horrible, right? And uh, that's not, none of those would have shown mercy. But over time and growing my relationship with Jesus and discovering more of his heart and allowing God to reformat mine, I've become more merciful in a moment like that. What's 10 to 15 minutes if I can bring some encouragement to these people's lives? I see it as an opportunity versus an obstacle. Even though I might be in a hurry and a health risk season of life, it you know, wasn't convenient, but it was an opportunity to demonstrate mercy, not for demonstration, but just out of a genuine moment. The Beatitudes are so searching, says Lloyd-Jones in his book I've been referring to every week. He says, they tell us in effect that as we live our ordinary lives, we're declaring all the time exactly what we are. That is what makes this matter so serious. By the way we react, we manifest our spirit. And it's the spirit that proclaims the man in terms of Christianity. The whole of our life as an expression and as a proclamation of what we really 
are, right? What a powerful quote. People should know us for what we are. In fact, Jesus put it this way in Luke 6, 45. He said, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. <laughs> what you say flows from what is in your heart. Thought one today. Mercy is an outflow. Mercy is something that flows out of you, not something you can just put on. Right? I, I think I've heard all kinds of reasons why people would not be merciful. Maybe you can think of a few excuses right now and share them with whoever's watching this with you. Uh, you can blame how you grew up, right? Well, my parents were this way. It's how our home is. Man, Hoffs are just like this. Uh, it's the way you are. Well, how about this one? This is more recent. I think I've heard this in some circles. You can slightly feel validated if you're not merciful, if you say, well, I'm just a high D on the disc profiler. I'm an Enneagram 8, guys, so I can just demand my way. Uh, but when Jesus becomes your savior, your, and he begins to work on your heart, from the inside out, you transform. All those things of origin, the Holy Spirit starts chipping away at those and reforming who you are at your core. Those prior reasons and excuses are actually bad habits because Jesus transforms you from the inside out. And when you're being reborn and you're being redeveloped, if you just go back to the way you were, Jesus and the Holy Spirit has been doing work on the inside of you. Don't get me wrong. Your origin story matters and it does influence your life. It's that tendency and those habits that you do have to discipline yourself to overcome. That's where spiritual disciplines are vital to the Christian life. But we embrace the new. We embrace the transformation. I guess you could say. Lloyd-Jones says again, we were never meant to control our Christianity. Our Christianity was meant to control us. It's like our motives shift. Our perspectives transform. The gospel puts a greater emphasis on attitudes than actions. God is more interested on who you are becoming over what you are doing. And this time right now, while we're sitting at home, we're disciplining ourselves from social interaction, we have a lot of time to work on the being. And some people feel empty because there's nothing to do. <laughs> and it's transforming to realize that, and it's tense. It's, it, you feel that tension. And God, actually, in this season, can do some deep work in us. He made us human beings, not human doings. Let that stick. Don't forget that because we can be transformed through Jesus Christ. When we simply show mercy, like if we just take that on as a task, we can do it as just a discipline. Well, I know in this moment I'm supposed to show mercy. I'm not going to chew this person out, right? Um, but we can disguise our own lack of, 
of growth through self-discipline. But honestly, uh, when we live a life that is merciful, when, when we're merciful from the inside out, others kind of see us as one who's marked by mercy. It's genuine, authentic, consistent. Uh, one, our, our heart and our, our true heart growth tends to reveal itself when times are tough, when times are challenging. And right now, maybe you're seeing that unmerciful side just knock at the surface over and over and over again. When things get tense and pressured and tough, that's when our heart speaks out loud and we need to pay attention. Like, what can we do to overcome this? If you're going to genuinely be merciful, it will be from an outflow of your heart. Mercy as a discipline and as a practice and as something we just try to do out of our own effort, it's empty. It feels awkward and clunky and forced, manufactured, if you will, and honestly hurtful to those who can tell that you're not being real. And we're genuine as followers of Jesus. So we don't wanna, we don't wanna practice that way. Here's uh, a great teaching, teaching Jesus gave us on showing, showing mercy. And kids, hey, this is one of those moments you've been so awesome, sending your pictures in uh, to, to Dana, uh, Dana H at openlife.church, and you send those drawings or whatever. There's a couple stories in the gospels we're gonna read today. And this is the first one that you could draw uh, just to remember it for yourself, but it's always awesome to see those pictures and hear you explain them. So feel free to send those in. But here, let's jump into Matthew 18, 21. It says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Uh, he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Youch! That's a bad economy, right? Verse 26. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity from, for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Millions of dollars, right? Verse 28 continues, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. <laughs> you think, right? They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the, the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you. 
that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Whew, that's a gut punch. And it brings us to thought too. Mercy is forgiving. Mercy is forgiving. This merciful master, this merciful king forgave the entire debt, millions. But this guy did not pay that mercy forward. He didn't extend forgiveness as one who had been forgiven and he demanded his payment. The lesson on forgiveness here is if you hold mercy back and if you don't forgive those who need to be forgiven when you have opportunity to forgive them, you're the one in prison. You're doing nothing but taking back all the mercy you've received. You're just throwing it back. What a bold and clear illustration of the power of mercy to free us from such debts we owe. When we find ourselves demanding our way, we should recognize this is a red flag, right? Uh, most likely from a place that mercy is not within us. That, that should just catch our spirit when we find ourselves demanding our way. It's these unfortunate moments where someone who proclaims to be a follower of Jesus demands their way publicly and uh, it makes the news. We hear about it, you know? So-and-so's famous, big, huge, mega church pastor's wife demands to be in first class instead of in regular service, or so-and-so demands a private plane instead of a public plane, or so-and-so demands this seat in an auditorium versus that seat. You know, it's these moments where it's like, that's unfortunate, because it was an opportunity to be merciful and show our humanness, and that wasn't shown. As we look at Jesus' life, it was funny, Jaden and I in prep for this talk actually began a little bit of a dialogue about Jesus because you could look at Jesus and he could appear consistently passive, <laughs> you know? Like, is Jesus passive? Is he just kind of letting things happen? Well, mercy can come across like passiveness to the onlooker. Uh, but to the one who is intentionally living out a merciful life from the transformation that's starting on the inside and flowing out, we understand the power of putting action to grace and forgiveness within our life. And we extend that grace and forgiveness. And it's powerful, intentional. It takes a lot of strength to do it. But from the onlooker, sure, it could look like, man, they just let people walk all over them. Do we, or are we just being merciful? As followers of Jesus, we're not supposed to be known for our demands. We're not supposed to be known for the things that we are, are, are just standing against or not for. It says right here, we're supposed to be known for what? Our love. John, 3, John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. 
Jesus said that. And his disciples, even Paul, wrote later when he was writing the passages about love in 1 Corinthians. He says in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. So when we begin demanding instead of forgiving, we could be realizing that something is rising up within us that is not from the source of the Holy Spirit that's transforming our heart, even in the most irritable of circumstances, we can be merciful because Jesus has shown us mercy through the cross, through the grave and resurrection. He forgave all of humanity. We've been given forgiveness so that now we can extend it. That's that extension of forgiveness for those who need it. That's mercy at its core. He didn't go to the cross and raise from the grave and give us eternal life in heaven and full life now. He didn't do that so we could demand better service at a restaurant or be served before the table next to us or have the exact right temperature of food when it arrives at our table. He did not do this so we could make a scene and demand someone be accountable for their mistake in a public and embarrassing forum. He didn't do this so we could stir the pot of polarizing politics in the world around us on our social feeds. Sorry, but he did not go to the cross for that. He wants us to show his love by being love. And that is strong. Mercy is strong. And we can attempt to lead through truly unchartered waters when we are merciful. Let's learn to take a breath and remind ourselves of Jesus' forgiveness and the price he paid so that we could extend mercy and challenge ourselves to forgive and have this merciful living practice that demonstrates our love. Another great moment from Jesus' life and an illustration that'll bring us into our final thought today is from Mark 10, 46 uh, through 52. And uh, Jesus exemplifies mercy like this. He says in verse 46, they reached Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Who are the people? Jesus' stinking disciples that were with him. They're like, shut it, Bartimaeus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what in the world are you doing? But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said. Yeah, right after you told him to be quiet, now they're like, cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up, came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Thought three, 
Mercy puts action to grace. Mercy is that action, right? Jesus was gracious and was living grace in this moment. Just He was just walking by this man and it was an opportunity to demonstrate mercy. Putting action to grace was the act of mercy. And, and he healed the blind man because of his faith. Mercy is the action that shows our compassion to those in need around us. Mercy is the action that shows our compassion to those who have need around us. Sometimes the most merciful thing we can do is stop. Jesus just stopped. And he slowed down and he asked the gentleman what he needed. He listened. And then he didn't speak out of anger like his disciples and those that were around telling this guy to be quiet, not demonstrating mercy. He stopped, he listened, and he gave a powerful demonstration of somebody who's merciful. It's both vivid to those observing our behavior when we show mercy, but somewhat more vivid when we miss the opportunity. Don't be the ones shouting, be quiet. You know, they were demanding silence, but Jesus demonstrated mercy. See how mercy can search the heart and reveal some things to us, both good and ugly? This is challenging. Aren't you glad that God is working out through the power of the Holy Spirit in us to be merciful and that it's not all our effort? Like it began the moment we choose to follow Jesus. And if you've yet to follow Jesus, today's your day. Don't try to be merciful on your own. Invite God into your life by following Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus, confess him as Savior, and from the inside out, mercy will come alive in and through you for the world around us. It's as simple as putting your faith in Jesus because he wants to do the work. Philippians 2, 12 and 15 say, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's what's going on in you. Verse 14 says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. We have an opportunity here, like never before, to be those that are merciful. As followers of Jesus, let us be merciful, genuinely. Let us be merciful. All we need to do is allow God to stir it out of us and for that outflow to impact people around us. Our action point today is be merciful. Like, not just show mercy, but like, be merciful. Let that be who you are. Let that come from within and transform everything about you. There will be times when this will be hard, when you don't feel like being merciful, and it'll rise up. This challenge of being merciful will rise up. And there will be a moment when you realize you have become merciful as well. And you'll just go, wow, this wasn't me. This is God in me. This is so beautiful. Not out of self-discipline, but transformation from the power of God. 
I want to pray for us before we're going to experience some worship and then receive communion together in a moment. I want to pray first. And uh, I think that some need to put your faith in Jesus. And we have the instructions at the bottom of the screen. Let us know. We want to help you begin that growth in a relationship with Jesus so that that mercy can start to stir up within you. We as well want to uh, pray for all of us who are following Jesus that we can kind of check those character foundations. And man, I want to pray mercy would come alive right now because your love could be more visible than ever before right now in our current time. So God, I thank you for the opportunity you give us to dive in and serve you and uh, to love you and to give our lives to you. For those who are realizing they need a relationship with Jesus right now so that you can begin to work on them from the inside out, I pray right now that you would uh, allow them to confess you as Lord. Just simply pray this prayer with me if that's you. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Take all of me. I, want, I choose to follow you today. I want to grow in a relationship with you and live life to the full. And I want mercy to become part of who I am on the inside, that I could genuinely be merciful. And uh, God, for the rest of us who have been following you, may we be merciful when opportunities arise. May we be able to check uh, our mind and our ears. May we stop and pause and recognize the moments where we can be merciful to the world around us. Thank you that you want this character within us. Thank you that you're helping do the work of development in us so that it can naturally flow out of us. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, as I mentioned, we're going to receive communion together. In a moment, I'll let you get your elements, maybe some water, some juice, a piece of bread or a cracker, but something that we can drink in representation of his blood, something that we could eat in representation of his body here in a moment. But let me read 1 Corinthians for you because we're going to pause and 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 give you time to get those elements, but as well, just kind of think about your life. Listen to how this applies to today's talk. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the, right, or on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now listen to this. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. So again, this is that moment to allow God to search our hearts. What a perfect illustration of what we just talked about because mercy will search our hearts, right? Today, we're going to, to, to wrap this up. We're going to look at, man, these symbols and we're going to remember the mercy of Jesus. 
We're going to take this opportunity while the worship is going to just repent. Man, if there's stuff in you and maybe you've missed mercy moments and you recognize during this talk, I need to ask forgiveness and repent of some things. This is your moment before we take the elements. Uh, look at your growth and give God thanks as we're worshiping. Thanks for the moments you've been merciful, right? And then when we come back, we'll receive the elements together. You know, we'll give a moment uh, for, for us just to, again, thank God for his body and his blood. And so as you contemplate uh, what God is doing in you and your relationship with God, as we allow him to search us even further during this worship, we'll be right back and we'll conclude with communion. Okay, so hopefully you were able to grab uh, something like a, a cracker, and uh, I'm hoping this is apple juice. I'm just giving Jaden a bad time, but uh, a cracker and some apple juice, and uh, we're going to remember the Lord, just as that passage said. So it said Jesus took the bread and he, he broke it, and then he took a piece and, and challenged them. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's, let's take this emblem and remember what Jesus did in his body. And in the same way, he took a cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's, let's take the cup together. God, we thank you for your body that was broken for our sins, our transgressions. You went to the cross for us. And not only was your body bruised and broken, but you shed your blood so that we could step through and receive forgiveness and eternal life and life to the full right now. No more pure demonstration of mercy has ever been given. And it's transformed our lives for those of us who have put our faith in you. We give you praise for it. We thank you for it. And we thank you for this opportunity together, even online, to be able to receive communion together and watch you work within us. Give you praise for what you did for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed are you. Thanks for being with us today.